Welcome to the Blessed Journey. My name is Adam Barillet. Join me as we venture back down the path into nature to discover her magic. Let's learn from the animals, heal with the plants, and feel the crystals. When the moon becomes full, let us gaze up to the stars and find our answers in the darkness. There are so many secrets that Mother Nature has for us. Let's go and find them together. Welcome to The Blessed Journey, and if you are celebrating Christmas today, Merry Christmas. We've got a bit of a Christmas theme today, but even if Christmas is not your jam, you're bound to find some of the content interesting. Well, that's my intention anyway. We're going to be looking at the three gifts that were given to baby Jesus and why you might want to be working with a bit of frankincense, myrrh and gold as well. But first of all, I wanted to take you on a bit of a journey on Jesus's birthday, December the 25th. In fact, there are many scholars that believe that he was not born on the 25th of December. First of all, for those of you that live in the Northern Hemisphere, you'll know that it is very, very cold. We're very close to the winter solstice. And so the idea that, for example, um, the shepherds would have been out in the middle of winter is highly unlikely. And there's many other scholars that believe that it wasn't even on 0 AD that Jesus was born. There's often a bit of a debate between scholars, but they believe the star of Bethlehem was actually not a star, but it was actually a conjunction between two planets. And this kind of caused a bright light in the sky. Now, there were two of these that happened around this time. The first one was a Venus and Jupiter con- uh, conjunction, which happened on June the 2nd, uh, sorry, in June on 2 BC. And there was actually a similar conjunction in Saturn, uh, between Saturn and Jupiter, which happened in October of 7 BC. So there's a lot of conversation that, okay, the BC isn't quite right either. Um, There's also speculation that he may have been a spring baby. So that's, you know, maybe around March, April, May in the Northern Hemisphere. Because normally in late spring, that was when pregnancies began um, as the fall after the harvest or autumn after the harvest was when there was enough money money for a wedding. And then they'd consummate their love. And then you'd start to have, you know, that kind of six months, nine months later into the spring is when you would actually have babies. So it was said that it wasn't until um, the Pope Julius I in 350 AD, he said, right, that is when we're going to call the 25th of December. So why the 25th of December? Well, as you may have heard me refer to in past episodes, there was a tradition of the Christian church of laying uh, their festivals over the top of pagan ones. Now you've probably heard of the term Yule. Yule is another term for the winter solstice. There was also another celebration of Saturnalia around this time, which is a celebration of the god Saturn. So what happened is there was this kind of laying over of, hey, we can kind of put it over that festival. We'll keep a few of the traditions, um, such as lighting candles and Christmas trees, and tie it all in together. And thus the 25th of December was chosen and fully asserted by Pope Julius I from 350 AD. So I guess in Australia, you know, we used to celebrate the Queen's birthday every year, but every state in Australia would actually have it in a totally different month. It was actually not related to her birthday. So I guess it doesn't matter (laughs) that much, but I just thought that was really interesting to consider that, okay, the date that we celebrate, is that actually special? Well, 
No, it was just kind of chosen by Pope Julius I in that type of way. Now, the interesting thing was he, Jesus was given three gifts. We've all heard about the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. Why are these things? Well, first of all, they are all valuable. We know that. But there was some symbology behind these gifts as well. Basically, gold represented his royalness. He was a king. So that was the acknowledgement of his kingliness. The myrrh was actually an acknowledgement of his mortalness. Myrrh is often associated with death, the end of life, of suffering, pain, and so on, and brings comfort during those times as well. And frankincense represents his divinity because it is associated with um, heavenliness, spirituality. Um, you know, that's why we work with it with the crown chakra and our personal level and that type of thing as well. So gold for his royalty, myrrh for his mortality, and um, frankincense for his immortality or his divinity in that way. So why should we work with these three different gifts of nature? Well, you may want to work with them just because, hey, you like to get into the spirit of this time. But I think it's also really interesting to dive in and explore these three gifts a little bit more. Um, what I love, frankincense, in fact, is a beautiful one to work with on both the winter solstice, but because it is a, the king of the oils, it's also a really nice one to work with on the summer solstice. So it's actually a really great one for us all to be working with in December. But normally, remember, the solstice is somewhere between the 21st and the 23rd of December, uh, not the 25th. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to take a deep dive into these three gifts and you can kind of hopefully learn a little bit more about it. So I wanted to start off by diving into frankincense. You know, frankincense is talked a lot about in December. It's great for the solstices, but as doTERRA customers, we often actually have the offer to get free frankincense this month. And even if you're not a doTERRA customer, there is an offer where you can get a free frankincense until the end of the month. So if you're interested in that, drop me a line and we can definitely sort that out for you with a certain size order. It's thrown in for free and at 75 US dollars, it's not an, a cheap oil. The reason being it comes from some of the harshest lands on this planet. It comes from Somaliland, Oman and Ethiopia, very desert areas, very dry. And the trees are actually um, handed down from generation to generation. It's really quite beautiful in that way. And how we get frankincense from the tree is we actually injure the tree. We put incisions in it and just like if we get a cut, blood comes to the surface and then it kind of seals over and forms a scab. That's basically what frankincense is. Now, if you've been to a church before when they're burning something and it has that kind of spiritual kind of aromatic smell, what they've got is that's a, sometimes called a sensor or a thurible. And on there is a charcoal block or inside that is a small charcoal block. And then you put the frankincense gum or the frankincense resin on there. And that creates that fragrant smoke. This has been used for cleansing space, but also blessing and consecrating space as well. And that's one of the really interesting things about frankincense. Um, it can be used for getting rid of unwanted energy, but also protecting what's important to you as well. So frankincense is quite powerful in that way. The other interesting thing that I should, a couple of interesting things I'd just like to share about frankincense, especially doTERRA frankincense, is these trees are handed on from generation to generation. And doTERRA does a lot to work with local people with education to make sure there's not an over-harvesting. Because just like you, if we have too many cuts, you're going to kind of, <laughs> there's going to be problems. And we don't want to over-harvest from a tree. It can actually be damaging to the tree and its overall well-being. The other thing is they've, no one has ever tried to grow frankincense trees 
from scratch. And there's actually a real initiative, doTERRA is teaming with some of the top scientists in that area to actually start, can we propagate more frankincense trees? This will shore up frankincense in the future and it will all bring more livelihood to those that have and are those harvesters of the frankincense as well. The other beautiful thing is that doTERRA has actually built a hospital in Somaliland in an area called Sunag, and this is servicing about 600,000 people who previously would need to take a 12-hour bus ride to get to the closest hospital. The interesting thing is, is that, you know, think about when you're pregnant. Now, I haven't given birth before, but I believe it's a bit of an ordeal. Can you imagine having a complication with your pregnancy and having to get on a bus and drive for 12 hours? Hmm. And that's why this has been such a blessing to the people in this area as well. But now let's have a bit of a dive into exploring exactly what we can use frankincense for. And if I was given the choice of going to a deserted island and I can only take one essential oil with me, it would be frankincense. Why? Well, what makes frankincense really interesting is it has a complex chemistry. And so each of these little constituents that make up the frankincense essential oil, steam distilled from that resin, has plays a different role in different parts of the body. This makes frankincense really, really quite powerful and really, really useful for a whole range of different things. So we have a bit of a saying, when in doubt, get frankincense out. And today I wanted to share with you some of the holistic ways that you can use frankincense. So one really beautiful way to use frankincense, being a resin oil, you may have heard me mention in the past that resin oils and wood oils especially, as well as a few root, root oils, but definitely resin and wood oils, are really good for the dermis. That's a deep layer of the skin. Whereas floral oils are great for the epidermis, the top layers that we see, frankincense and other resins and woods are great for that. So what I actually do is I am in the habit of one night, I choose a flower, whichever one I'm drawn to, and mix that with my moisturizer. And the next night I'll choose a resin or a wood and mix that with my moisturizer. So frankincense is a really great one to add to your moisturizer to nourish your skin and to look after your skin just to kind of give it that beautiful, you know, that glow. And I've noticed, you know, when people join as one of my customers and they do our induction training, um, what they say is we kind of encourage them. This is a really easy way to use your frankincense. Try it tonight. How does your skin feel? And they actually start to notice a difference after one to three applications. One of the other powerful things about frankincense is it's known for being a powerful anti-inflammatory. And do you know what the leading cause of death in humans is on this planet? It used to be infectious diseases, but we've kind of come up with uh, vaccinations and different things to wipe many of those infectious diseases out. What now is responsible for the most deaths of humans around the world is inflammation. So inflammation causes cancers, it causes diabetes, causes asthmas. They've found in people diagnosed with depression that there is inflammation within parts of the brain. And so we, should, we need to kind of keep inflammation under, at bay in our bodies. And we normally do that with two different omega oils, omega-3 and omega-6. Now omega-6 turns on inflammation and we need inflammation. If we cut ourselves or if we have an injury, we need inflammation to help that area repair. But we also need to be able to turn that off with the omega-3s. So an ideal diet would have equal amounts. But the average diet has about 16 to 1. 16 of the pro-inflammation omega-6 oils 
and one of the omega-3 anti-inflammatory oils. So we want to kind of bring in more omega-3 oils. And, you know, I take the doTERRA supplement that is all omega-3s from both a range of different sources, both land and sea. So we've got things like flaxseed and different fish oils in there as well without that yucky fishy taste. That's a real bonus as well. But you can also use frankincense to help reduce inflammation. So a couple of ways you can take this is you can get pop a couple of drops in some water. I'm not too keen on the taste. You can try it though, even if you could hide it in a smoothie. You can get these little vegetable caps, which are kind of vegetable cellulose, which you pop a few drops in and swallow. Or what I often do is just a couple of drops under the tongue as well. And that can be a really beautiful way to enjoy it. Now, the other beautiful thing about frankincense is it's been found to be really enhancing other essential oils as well. So on my social media recently, I've been talking about what I call the deep blue or the ice blue sandwich which is a layering technique where you use doTERRA's deep blue blend and a bit of fractionated coconut oil. Leave it a few minutes, then frankincense, then lemongrass, then the Aromatouch blend, then copaiba, and then deep blue stick or the rub. And it kind of layering that one after the other can really bring some great relief when you're not getting the, um, the pain relief you want from what you're doing right now. Why is frankincense in there? because frankincense is a really great one for, it actually is the booster. It seems to amplify any other essential oil. So we always say, you know, when, you, when you're making any blend, when you're combining anything, add a drop or two of frankincense, and that can be really quite beneficial for, um, for the body and for helping to enhance the results that you're looking for. So don't just think of frankincense combining it with oils that will, you know, help with aches and pains. But, you know, if you're having digestive challenges, there are some great blends and combinations or single oils that can help with bloating or constipation or diarrhea or cramping. Um, if there's menstrual issues, if there's respiratory issues, if there's sleep challenges, headaches, all those types of things, adding frankincense to that blend or just, if you must, rely just purely on frankincense can be really helpful as well. Now going from, as we work our way through the body, let me work you down to the bottom of the body, the feet. The soles of the feet is a really great place to put your frankincense. When you go to bed at night, sometimes I like to combine it with other immunity blends as well as restful blends. Um, but, you know, doTERRA has an amazing blend called On Guard, which is our immune boosting or supportive blend. Add a drop of frankincense to that. But not only is that going to be beneficial for the feet, but it can actually be quite beneficial for the mood as well. It's found, or has been found, that um, applying frankincense to the soles of the feet can help to reduce mood swings. So not that it's going to be relevant to you, but there just may be some people in your life that are like, oh, that might benefit a couple of other people as well. And of course, doing that when you once you get into bed at night is going to be a really nice way to kind of support your um, support your overall body to get all those different um, beautiful benefits in there as well. So we can also look at frankincense um, for the brain, it can be quite helpful. Um, and for supporting people with dementia or Alzheimer's, applying two drops to the soles of the feet and to the base of the spine, oh, the base of the skull, sorry, um, each morning and night can be really helpful. Or massaging a couple of drops into the head and diffusing it for those with Parkinson's, it offers really beautiful support as well. Uh, those with cancer have actually found it to be really quite helpful, um, taking it in a veggie cap a couple of times and applying it topically to the area where the cancer may be um, for support there. And if you're trying to reduce stretch marks, then either combining frankincense with myrrh or sandalwood, or do all three together, and massaging that into the area can be quite helpful as well. 
some people there are some really interesting oils that when people are feeling you know any tension in the head and um, if it's just feeling tight or painful or whatever you're kind of getting any kind of head issues um, have found frankincense um, either in a veggie cap or just massaged into the area can be really great as well another one i'm kind of throwing all the different uses at you now um, breast health is obviously very very important and frankincense combined with another oil pink pepper mix it with a bit of fractionated coconut oil and massaging that into the breast tissue um, twice a day for 30 days two to four times a year so you might want to choose like march june september and um December could be times that you choose. Any of that could be really quite beneficial as well. So as you can see, frankincense has lots of kind of well-being physical benefits, but we know that this has not just been used for health benefits, but it's also been used for its spiritual aspects as well. And that's where I really love to lean into frankincense and keep on using it. So one of the really interesting things is it is a crown chakra essential oil. So it does help to connect with your spirituality. It enhances meditation and it's a beautiful one to have in a diffuser. And you can get some little handheld diffusers that you can kind of hold in your lap as you meditate or just having a diffuser nearby you and breathing that in brings that sense of peacefulness, calm, relaxation and even oneness. Now, this has been done for centuries that people have relied on frankincense for its ability to get rid of what we don't want and to bring in what we do want. And so it's really powerful in that way. But when you think about this, it's also a really beautiful masculine oil. It's the king of the oils and it has a masculine yang energy and probably why it works so beautifully with the solar festivals, which are the yang festivals of the solstices. So it can help us and can be used in emotional healing when it comes to healing your relationships with the masculine. So what exactly do I mean by that? So, you know, we, regardless of who we are, we each have a feminine side, which is that very intuitive, very caring, very nurturing, very emotional. And when I say emotional, I'm not kind of saying it in a critical way. I'm just saying the emotion-led side of ourselves that, that has feelings. But then we have the yang side. Now, the yang side is practical, logical, intellectual, progressive. It is the warrior side of us. And it is you know, more of the mind in that way. Now, many of us will have experiences with different people in our lives. And when we have an experience or a poor experience with a man, so that could be our own father, it could be a teacher at school, it could be anyone in whatsoever. Those of us that aren't secure in our own masculine side can often go, oh, well, I don't like the masculine. You know, I don't want to be like my father. But a lot of the time, what we don't want to be like is an unhealthy example of masculinity. And so what will happen is maybe let's just say that maybe your father was very aggressive and yelled a lot and was very unloving. So you're like, I'm not going to be anything like my father. So what happens, though, is there is a risk of swinging the pendulum all the other way. And what, me, what that can manifest as is that you actually struggle to stand up for yourself, that you can't be assertive that you kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, and so all those yang aspects, you can't utilize them within yourself. And so frankincense helps to bring that out, to feel comfortable being assertive without being aggressive or dominating or violent, to um, make plans and to trust the intellect and to trust science and different things like that. That's all very, you know, frankincense can really help with that. So whether you're wanting to heal that your own inner relationship with your masculine side, or there is maybe a man in your life that you'd like to um, honor or heal that relationship with, lean into frankincense because you know often our issues outside are also within us as well. So this can be really a nice one to work with, especially around the summer solstice, 
doing a lot of gratitude work for the men in your life and what they've shown you. So even if you had a father who you did not get along with, honoring and looking at what did he teach me? And sometimes, you know, if we believe in everything happens for a reason, there's maybe a reason why you've had these instances with men and what has that shown you? What, where can we find the blessing in that? And, and that's not to say that some of these traumatic and nasty and unloving and hurtful and painful and suffering aspects, it's not dishonoring them. But it's also how do we move forward from that so that that doesn't continue to drag us on and, and pull us back in that type of way. See, what I love is frankincense actually gives the clue or gives the cue even on how to be that king. We think about masculinity of being brave and courageous. And sometimes we kind of distort that and go, well, that's just physically brave and nothing hurts them. But in fact, I'm sure you would agree with me that it takes more courage to be brave emotionally than sometimes in the physical realm. And if you think about it, how do we get the gold? How do we get the good stuff from the frankincense tree? It allows itself to be hurt. It allows itself to be vulnerable. And from its vulnerability comes that frankincense resin that seeps to the surface and can then dry and be scraped off and used. So this is a really beautiful one for helping to bring in that masculine and that spiritual side and kind of balance and harmonize that up. So it's no wonder that frankincense has been revered and loved and honored for such a long time and why as the king of the oils it would be connected with that divinity and given as a symbolic gift to baby jesus so that's a little bit about frankincense we're going to take a short break and then we're going to look into the myrrh which i find the stories of myrrh even more interesting in some ways than um, frankincense there's some beautiful myth stories about the myrrh tree we're going to explore them and we're going to look at gold. What have I got to say about gold? Well, you'll find out after the break. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. You're listening to The Blessed Journey with Adam Barillet. Today we're looking at the three gifts of baby Jesus, gold, frankincense and myrrh, and why these gifts from Mother Earth are not only a gift good enough for Jesus, but good enough for you as well. After exploring frankincense, we're now going to explore myrrh, and I'm going to do it a little bit differently in the order that we kind of look at it, and I want to start off with the myth of myrrh. So the story of where myrrh and the myrrh tree originated from comes from a princess by the name of Mira. Now she ended up falling in love with her father, who was the king. Hmm. So what ended up happening is at one time, all the women of the village all the city left to go and celebrate a festival leaving all the men behind but Mira didn't join them she actually hid away and at night she snuck into her father the king's bedchambers and made love to him in the darkness and then in the morning she was gone and this happened night after night for the seven nights that the, all the women were gone and near the end of that week, the father had been quite enamored by this passionate love that he'd made with this mysterious woman that he had to know who she was. And then he turned on the lights, he lit a candle, and he saw. And he was disgusted and appalled. And straight away he tried to have the princess killed. And he banished her from the... Um, that anyone who saw her, you know, should never talk to her. And she was banished from the city. She ran, ran into the forest, crying and crying realizing you know 
what she'd done and how torturous her life had been to fall in love with her father and how she'd acted upon it and how she shouldn't and all the mistakes she'd made. Now she wandered aimlessly around the forest and then through the desert, she realised that she'd actually become pregnant from her time with her father. And knowing that she would soon birth this child and thinking about the life that this child would have being this, you know, you know, unwanted child, she begged the gods to please show mercy and to solve her problem. And so how they did this is they turned her into the Murtry. And still today, the Murtry continues to cry and sob those tears of regret and remorse. So myrrh is often used you know, although we often refer to frankincense as the king and rose as the queen, myrrh is often the hidden queen, the unknown queen of the resin world anyway. And I think she's a beautiful consort and the opposite to frankincense. Remember I said before that frankincense is about that heavenly nature and myrrh is about our mortal nature. and is often used in those darker times to help those that are passing on from this world to the other realms with more ease. You see, to be human is to make errors. And there is not a single human on earth who has lived their life perfectly. And of course, perfection is just a point of view anyway. So myrrh brings comfort, loving motherly comfort, when we feel that we have failed, when we are burdened with regret, shame, or guilt. Myrrh reminds us that we all make mistakes, and sometimes that's just part of being human. The interesting thing was, is eventually, that baby was born. And the baby ended up being Adonis, the most beautiful man on the planet. And this showed that even from the most harshest and ugliest and severe incidences, beautiful things can come. And so the lesson is always, even when you've made mistakes, and maybe you've stuffed up big time, something beautiful can come out of that. A lesson or who knows what that blessing will be but this is the kind of the irony and the complexity of life that it's all not black and white good and bad in that type of way so we can really lean into myrrh to remind us that even when we've made a mistake we reach for myrrh and myrrh offers us healing it offers us solitude it offers us comfort and says you made mistakes because you're human and that is the way it is so it's a really nice grounding essential oil it's really very earthy and it helps with earthly connection and understanding our earthly mission and our earthly path and the masterpiece that we paint that is our life a painting of just one color i still remember they still may be there actually in the art gallery of western australia and this may be showing my ignorance but there were four large canvases i believe just one shade of red, massive canvases. And I still to this day do not totally understand why that is considered art. I guess for me, art requires some kind of talent or inspiration and I don't know. I could have chosen some red canvases and been paid all that money. Do you know what I mean? So myrrh really helps us to ground, heal, and thus we use myrrh on a physical level. She's beautiful for healing. Really good for any wounds and cuts physically applied afterwards. She's really good in the mouth with things like gum disease or issues like that. A couple of drops in the mouth and swishing around can be really great as well. While you're hanging around the head, 
being a resin oil, it's another one to mix with your moisturiser at night. So you might do a frankincense one night and then you might do myrrh the next night. Really, really beautiful in that way. Really good for supporting thyroid. And so just rubbing one or two drops diluted over the thyroid each day can be really powerful. It can be quite good if there's mucus or you know bronchitis or anything like that to offer support there. Again, diffusing it or one or two drops on the chest. Um, and any kind of, you know, because it's so soothing, it can be very soothing for eczema or other skin infections or even nail fungus. Popping a drop on that area can be really, really powerful. Dilute it if you're putting it on the skin. On the nail, not, probably you don't need to dilute it so much. So Frank, uh, so myrrh is a really nice healer. Whenever the body is needs that healing, especially on that skin, whenever there is a wound, think of myrrh. Just like those emotional wounds that myrrh offers comfort on, she also offers comfort when we have physical wounds as well. Now, the other reason I think that it's really interesting that myrrh isn't as celebrated as frankincense, but we're talking about that divine masculine and that divine feminine now. We're going to look at with myrrh. Of course, the divine masculine is with frankincense. So when I've sat quietly with myrrh and in meditation and kind of gone, so what's your message? What's your go? Because everyone talks about frankincense and we never talk about myrrh. Why myrrh? Why? And I started to smell. Now I grew up in the, and you know, lived a lot of my life in the bushlands of Western Australia. And one of the common things is smoke. You know, from wildfires or bushfires. But also in winter, a lot of people will still use open wood fires to heat their homes. And so there's that smell of smoke. I find it, you know, quite, in, you know, I actually find it quite comforting. But as I started to sit deeper and deeper with myrrh, and I was like, oh, I can kind of smell smoke. And I went and I had these visions of the burning times. Now, the burning times, of course, were when 8 million European women were killed, were tortured and murdered because they were witches, or possibly. Of course, those trials were rather rigged where they were tortured, and if they died, they were innocent. And if they didn't die, they were guilty, and they're normally put to death anyway. And this kind of hysteria caused a lot of people, obviously, to perish. But I want you to think about being alive in those times. So what was punishable by death was any kind of magical or intuitive or psychic abilities. So if you knew that you were going to be punished for this, what would you do? You would hide those skills. You would keep them to yourself if you had them. And if you had children at that time, what would you tell them to do? Ah, we don't talk about that. We don't do that. We'd hush it. And so if you think, those women who didn't die in that time, and remember that there were similar witch trials in Salem in the United States and, you know, possibly in other parts of the world as well. But if you think what those people, or who those people were, they're your great, 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 great grandmothers and your descendants from there. And so at this time, there was this cultural expectation or standard set of we don't celebrate the feminine magic, the intuition, the masculine, the intellect, and all the study and the knowledge, that's fine. But we keep that magical feminine side hidden. So I actually believe that myrrh is making a bit of a comeback. Slowly, quietly, confidently, knowingly, she's stepping out of the shadows again as we all, women and men, start to discover our divine feminine side. The side that is magical, that is intuitive, 
And when you hear me talk about the third eye chakra, I talk about it having two facets, the intellect and the intuition, them sitting hand in hand, like the king and the queen sitting on the thrones next to each other, working together. And those I find that are successful in life have some form of intuition. They may not be clairvoyance, but they are able to listen to that intuition, that hunch, they can read the, the room, read the signs, they know what to do, and the intellect as well. And so Myrrh is helping us to bring back that heart, that caring, that nurturing, that magical side, and allow the queen to sit on her throne again with the king. And so if you doubt your feminine side, your ability to manifest, to be magical, all those different aspects, then start working with Myrrh a little bit more. And she can help with past life healing and all those different things that cause us to doubt and disbelief our intuition. So I believe Myrrh is a beautiful gift. She works with the Earth Star Chakra and the Lower Chakras, whereas frankincense stretches us up to the heavens. Again, you have this yin-yang dance between frankincense and myrrh, the masculine, the feminine, the heavens, the earthly, to bring that balance and that harmony back to one and the same. There has often been, you know, the expression that we are not as good as God, or we are not as heavenly as, you know, as, the, as those above. But we are just as powerful because as above, so below, we are formed in the form of God or in the form of deities or, or we are you know, the creation of the divine. And so we are as magical as well. Because if we don't exist, then do they exist? Is it only through the gods' acknowledgement by us that they are given energy and come into manifestation? So maybe we are as vital as the gods. Hmm... There's something to contemplate for a little while. So that's a little bit about Myrrh. So I'd really encourage you to lean into Myrrh, bring her in a little bit. And I think, you know, dreaming is one way our intuition works. And having her either on your feet at night or on your face at night could help to slowly, subtly bring in that intuition. And we tend to get more messages when we are asleep. Why? Because the conscious mind, the intellectual mind, shuts up for a moment. And the subconscious, the unconscious, the psychic, the intuitive, all that kind of steps up. It's not being overshadowed by the intellect. So Myrrh is really beautiful in that way. So finally, we are going to dive in and look at gold. Now, gold, of course, is a crystal. You might be going, well, hold on, Adam. Isn't it a metal? Well, metals are actually crystals. What makes a crystal a crystal is something that forms in a crystalline structure. So its molecules form in a geometric shape either a hexagon or a triangle or a trapezius or a square and so on. And gold is one that actually, if you dive right down to that molecular structure, it's actually isometric, which means squares or cubes that it grows in. Of course, the difference between a metal and other crystals is metals are made of one element. Gold is made of gold, silver is made of silver, copper is made of copper, whereas quartz is made of two elements, silicon dioxide, or silicon and oxygen. And if you look up the chemical formulas of all your different favorite crystals, you'll find all the different elements that make them up. So when you're working with the metals, and metals have been used magically for eons in eons as well, you get a really pure energy. And of course, gold is one of the most revered and celebrated and fought over and valued of the metals. And it is valuable physically or financially, but also magically as well. So remember that the ancients honoured the different metals to the planets in the sky. 
and gold is connected to the sun, which brings in this other kingly or masculine kind of energy. So gold is considered to be one of the most magically powerful and potent metals and really good at helping to lend energy to rituals. So when you're wanting to kind of bring energy through or if you're wanting to summon energy, you know, working with gold can be really great. Um, it can help you to rouse that energy and send it forth for whatever intention that may be. And we're going to explore a few of them in the next few minutes as well. So you may be going, oh, where do I get gold from? Well, a lot of you may have gold jewelry. You may be wearing gold wedding bands, gold chains, or you can normally find gold quite inexpensively. And even gold leaf has that power of gold. I even remember once buying an absolute vodka flavor, which had gold leaf floating in it which was quite a fancy and extravagant, and sometimes you find it on food and different things like that as well. So know that any form of gold and what we're about to talk about in the next few moments will be relevant to all those forms. So really, really good at it's an abundance crystal or an abundance metal because remember the sun is expansive, it creates grow um brings growth in that type of way and don't just you know yes it is first of all let's talk about money it's a great money one and where it's really great is it's great for increasing wealth so what do i mean by that so you want to look at crystals maybe like a citrine which grows in a trigonal structure or grows in points because it brings new abundance in so if you're just starting off citrine is really great and you may have heard me talk about my practice with the citrine the bergamo essential oil and the high currency note left in your wallet or your purse if you haven't check out either my bergamo or my citrine video on youtube but what we want to do is once we've got our wealth we want to build on that wealth we want to continue to be successful and this is where gold can be really great and increasing wealth doubling wealth expanding wealth finding the opportunities the other lesson that gold brings in through its structure is on the Mohs hardness scale. This is a measure of different um, minerals and how hard they are. 10 being the hardest and, you know, diamonds are a 10, rubies and sapphires are a 9, and gold is only around 2.5. It's very, very soft and malleable, and that's often why it's mixed with other metals to make it a little bit harder for jewellery and so on. So what this teaches us is this teaches us how to be malleable. How do we go with the flow of abundance, not to be rigid with money? It allows us to work in the, the money will go up and down, it will come and go. And if you dance with gold, then you'll be, you won't cling onto it. You won't be like the Scrooge. I guess that's a bit of another Christmas lesson as well, type of thing that comes in. But gold can also bring in other virtuous blessings into our life. It's a great one for actually helping us with study, learning, and intellect and they often say you know knowledge or wisdom is power and gold helps us in all those kind of intellectual realms as well remember often the color yellow is associated with the intellect so you can use it if you need support in studying learning if you're looking for right answers and that type of thing as well of course gold is also very very healing we often visualize golden light coming down or coming from our hands and that type of thing and it's a really great one for helping to preserve life to um you know to ensure a long life, all these types of things, and just to reharmonize and rebalance. Remember, any crystal that also grows in cubes or squares brings structure and order back into life. And that golden color is really great for helping you to bring structure back into the body as well. There is, you know, it is said that wearing gold can help men uh, with impotency, and wearing gold bands can also help to alleviate arthritis as well. 
Gold also um, can be used to connect with the angels. And we often sometimes visualize golden light coming down. So pairing it with angelic crystals, crystals such as seraphonite, angelite, celestite, damburite, angel aura quartz, oconite. These can all be really beautiful ones for helping us to connect with those angelic realms. And gold is really powerful in that way. When it comes to combining crystals, and you might be going, okay, well, often we set different gemstones in silver or gold. Why would we choose one or the other? Well, that depends on our intention. Sometimes it's the cost thing. Obviously, silver is a lot less expensive. And sometimes it's the fashion thing that silver or gold looks better on us. But from a purely magical point of view, silver is to do with the moon. So when we want to draw a crystal's energy into our body, into our energy system, we would want to set it in silver. So maybe when I wear a moonstone on the full moon and I want to draw that supportive moonstone energy into my body, I want that set in silver. If I want to project confidence out into the world with maybe something like a ruby, then setting that in gold would be great. Often you'll see emeralds set in gold. An emerald, of course, is about wisdom, sharing wisdom, and it's very much about healing as well. And so if you were a healer, a golden ring with emerald in it would be very, very potent to help the flow of that healing energy go from outside of you into those that are receiving and asking for your healing. Little side note here, frankincense is actually a really good oil to use at the start of a healing because it forms a bit of an energetic protection. You know, there's often a worry that a healer will... Um, you know, oh, I don't want to take on their energy or I don't want to give them my bad energy. By using frankincense as the initial oil, anointing that um, or spritzing it or having it in the room will actually form like that protective field. Just good to know. Now, another thing to also think about with wearing our silver and gold jewelry, especially rings, ideally, now I'm getting really picky, but ideally it would be great to actually wear silver on your projective, sorry, on your receptive hand. Normally that's our left hand, the hand that we do not write with, our yin hand where we draw in energy and you'd wear your gold jewelry on the hand that you write with your projective hand which for most of us that is our right in sending that energy as well the other interesting thing is we often wear gold wedding bands why is that just because it's precious and valuable well it's actually a link back to what we were talking about before of gold being connected to the sun it is symbolism is i will love you as long as the sun continues to rise and it's that cyclic nature of the sun always comes up every morning and it's reborn and it symbolizes love being reborn day after day after day. Gold can be used to manifest love, divine love, heavenly love, soul love, to bring that out into the world. It allows you to shine authentically and be your true self so that you attract someone who loves the real you and loves you for who you are. And then the gold wedding band seals that commitment that two people will have of, I love this person as long as the sun continues to rise. So quite cool in that way, isn't it? Now, sometimes I get asked the question, well, then do I need to cleanse my gold jewelry or my silver jewelry or my diamond necklace or my diamond earrings? Yeah. They're just like your jaspers and your tourmalines and your beryls and your spodumines. They're crystals that hold energy. And my bet is you may cleanse your crystals, but have you been cleansing your metals? Because although they're pure, they still take on that energy. 
How do we cleanse gold? Well, if we're putting our silver under the moon, we put our gold under the sun. And so things like the solstice, the summer solstice is a really great time to put your gold jewelry out under the sun and really allow it to kind of cleanse and bring back that solar, vibrant, abundant energy that we desire when working with gold. So there you have an exploration of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Good enough for Jesus and good enough for you. I hope that I've given you an appreciation of each of these three gifts and you'll look at them in a slightly different way. And if you feel like getting those essential oils and your gold jewellery out at this time, then do that. They're all very protective and nurturing. You know, gold also, I should mention, with its sheen, works like tiger's eye and helps to deflect unwanted energy and then raise your vibration to help you stop scratching around with chickens and fly like the eagles. So really lean into gold and celebrate gold for its, you know, its power. And I hope that I've given you a new way to look at gold, especially today. So whether you are celebrating Christmas or me being in the kingdom of Bahrain right now, which does not honor Christmas, I'm actually teaching essential oil classes tomorrow, but that's okay. I'm doing what I love and that's part of, you know, being here right now. But I hope whatever you're doing, that you're with people you love, that you're doing something you love. And remember, Mother Earth loves you and keeps on giving you these gifts. So please cherish them as much as baby Jesus would have loved his frankincense, his myrrh and his gold. Because hey, what does any newborn want more than some gold, frankincense and myrrh? Take care of yourself, take care of others and take care of Mother Earth. Thank you so much for joining me on the Blessed Journey today. I hope what we've explored has helped to ignite a light within you so you may shine a little bit brighter out in the world. Feel free to subscribe so you get notified of future episodes and I love receiving your five-star reviews and reading your comments. Until the next episode, check me out on social media. Go to adambarillet.com. Find me under Adam Barillet at YouTube and Instagram as well as Crystal Connections with Adam Barillet on Facebook. I look forward to joining you again soon. Blessed be.